Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Kira Golden. Thanks for being on the show, Kira. Yeah, thanks for having me, us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kira, by the time she was able to vote, she already had holdings in real estate and the stock market. Less than a decade later, she left her position as a financial advisor for Edward Jones to live off her investment income. Now she owns investment properties around the world. Kara founded Direct Source Wealth as a way to help investors find alternatives to the traditional Wall Street offerings, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Again, thanks for being on the show, Kara. And, and tell us a little more about you know what you all do specifically and, and how you got into this business. Yeah. Um, I mean, real estate investing has, I mean, it's what I was born to do. I've been doing it, like you said, since I was 18. Um, would have done it sooner, but couldn't sign a contract. And so no one was taking me seriously. Um, but, uh, you know, actually being kind of, I guess, in the business of doing real estate came about through friends and family saying, Hey, you know, we see what you're doing. We'd like to do it too. And, and realizing that, um, I had a decision to make. I, I was okay. I could stop with the income I had and hang out and do my thing, or I could really help, uh, other people and and grow myself by coming together as a team and doing some larger deals and having some fun doing it. So that's what we do. Awesome, awesome. So so right now, you know, tell us, you know, just your all's focus, what you all are, uh, maybe since a current project you all are involved in and and how you all work. Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple of deals um, going currently. Um, our bread and butter is multifamily real estate, right? People always need a place to live. It's, there's nothing sexy about it except the paycheck. Um, and, uh, and that works. And then, um, periodically when we see opportunities in particular verticals, we'll do that. Um, everything from, you know, private notes to single family stuff to vacation properties, all, all kinds of different asset classes to uh, allow for diversification. Nice. Nice. So, you know, tell me about how, you know, how, what, what's your all's role in that? I know you're, you're especially as, you know, raising capital, finding deal sponsors, you know, tell us the, the type of uh, deal sponsor, you know, you all are looking for. Yeah. I mean, we, we believe very strongly in what I call coopetition. It's not my own concept, but uh, you know, we, we want to be able to leverage what we do better than anyone and find people who are able to do what they do better than anyone and work together to elevate all of our positions. So, um, you know, what we've found we're interested in doing in 2019 is really working with other sponsors to take on larger deals in a collaborative environment or, um, or also, you know, be the equity partner for, for an, an operating partner. Um, and that's just been, it's, you know, I love working with the investors. We have great relationships with our investors. We've been working with them for a while now and, um, you know, finding that, finding additional operating partners that can give us some additional diversification is really of interest. So tell me a little about how you're going to vet that partner. You know, if I was a, if I was a, uh, 
a passive investor, I was looking at you, you know, your company and and tell me about, you know, how you're going to know that these other partners are are people that that you should partner with. That's a phenomenal question. Um, you know, we go through sort of what you would think an obvious process is, but you'd be amazed how few people do this. Um, in fact, how we didn't think to do it the first couple of times we worked with partners. Um, it, if we would expect it of a tenant, we're going to expect it of an operating partner, right? So credit check, background check. Um, you know, we had a, an operating partner. We ran a, a check on their history as a construction operator um, in the state we were operating in. I didn't think to run it in every other state. Turns out he'd been hopping from state to state <laughs> doing the same kind of racket, you know? So we've learned over the years to do national searches, credit background, all of that. Um, and then oh, because I've been doing this a while, I've developed great relationships in the industry. Um, and so I, I can get some information about almost anybody with a couple phone calls um, from somebody who's worked with them. Um, and it's amazing how small this community really is. And, and so you, you learn pretty quickly who, who's a good operator to work with and who's, who, may, who you might want to... Yeah, let's say give them some time to get some, some things figured out. So what are going to be some some red flags about the, you know, that operator that are going to say, oh, you know, I'm not going to work with him? Yeah, or her. Or um, her. Like uh, pressure, right? Got to do a deal. Got to do it right now. Got to hear back from you tomorrow. Got to, you know, like, come on. Deals come, deals go, new deals come. It, that's the way it is. Um, and then maybe some less obvious ones. I mean, I, I'll often ask the same question multiple different ways to see how consistent they are in answering from various angles and viewpoints. Um, I'll ask questions like, do you floss? Uh, that's one of my favorite questions to ask. Um, because you can kind of read on somebody if they're answering you honestly or not. And and. I don't personally care if someone flosses or not. I care if they think they should and they lie to me when they don't. Um, and I, and I want to suss that out, right? Um, I will say, though, that people who do floss, of which I am not a regular participant, um, I do think tend to be more organized and um, you know, more sort of systematic, a better rule follower. Sorry, we got the baby going there. Um, and so, you know, I look, I have a whole list of questions of which I'm not going to reveal all of them. But um, of things that I, I triangulate integrity and reputation and um, follow through, consistency, um, to, to vet if somebody's going to be a good operator. Um, and then obviously we look at their pro forma. We look at their ability to analyze numbers and projections and then contingency plans and what ifs and, and you know how they're going to handle things on the spot to see to see how they can operate. What are some red flags in the underwriting that are going to make you step back and maybe dig a little deeper? Um, any income objection, uh, projections that are based on an assumption of a continued market growth is always a concern for me. I like to underwrite at as is or sometimes even uh, assuming a reduction in rent in the first couple of years. Um, so, you know, somebody who's very op too optimistic in their underwriting. Um, likewise, on the expense side, anybody who, who is missing major categories of expenses or under-expensing what it costs to do a turn or the downtime on a property. Um, anybody who thinks we're going to hit a lease-up uh, projection where we go from 80% lease to 100% lease in month one, right? So they, op they use their stabilized pro forma as if it's an actual operational pro forma. Um, those are the kinds of things that if I see, I, you know, I won't say that they're a bad operator. I'll just say they're probably a little green um, to be working with us. They just haven't been through the ringer enough times. All right. So, so how are you going to 
Uh, you know, give us some other points how you're going to assess that operator that maybe I haven't thought of to ask you, or or maybe the you know the, the normal LP um, you know wouldn't know to think of. You know, that passive investor when he's going to talk to you know someone about their deal or investing in their deal. What what's his, what does he need to ask? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things I like to look at. Obviously, I, I like to see what types of fees they charge and how transparent they're willing to be. We all need to eat. And when you're building a business, that means you sometimes got to charge fees. I mean, it'd be great in an ideal world, 100% of everything to be on the back end. Um, but I like those fees to be transparent. I like to know what it is. And that's the same thing we offer our investors. That transparency is so important. Um, and we have three core values, I should say, at our company that I look for in an operator. Um, one of those is co-investment. I, I hate when people talk about buy deals, no money down, get in with other people's money, no skin in the game. I think it is a terrible thing in our industry. Um, people should and be proud of the fact that they put their own money in their own deals. Um, so that co-investment concept is really important to us, right? It might be parallel with somebody's uh, capacity and their own income, but I don't want to see someone where I'm all the money in and, and, there and I'm taking all the risk. Um, the, the other big thing is transparency. So, like I said, that could be on fees, that could be on their weaknesses, being able to say, you know, what they don't know how to do as well. Um, because I would like to think that we can add value as a partner. Um, and so I want to know what we, what our strengths are and that they complement someone else's weaknesses. Um, not that they have no weaknesses, but they think they can do it all. Um, so co-investment, transparency, and then another big one is value for value. Um, I want to know that when I'm looking at a, a partner that they're as concerned with how they're going to create value for us as what they're going to get out of it. Um, and that they're paying close attention to both. And and both, I mean both. I don't want to see something where we're making all the money and they're making nothing because I know down the road, they're going to throw up their hands and move on. Um, mm-hmm. So making sure that that alignment of interest is really there. Nice. I like that alignment of interest. That's very important. Um, so tell us, you know, why, why syndication and why not uh, some other type of real estate model or, you know, or, or some, some other way of, you know, single family or flips or something like that? Uh, I mean, honestly, it kind of just happened on its own. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't even really know the word syndication. All right, come on. Um, yeah, I didn't even know the word syndication when we did our first syndication. <laughs> um, you know, it was friends and family saying, you know, what are you doing? And we want to do it. And us, and, and really at the end of the day, it was about being able to do deals with an economy of scale. I had my first child who's now three and a half um, when we started doing larger deals. And it was strictly out of being up at 2 a.m. going, I cannot, physically cannot work 90 hour work weeks anymore. I cannot watch a YouTube video on Tuesday night so I can go wire a house on Wednesday morning. Um, you know, I have to figure out a smarter way of doing this that's going to provide the economy of scale to hire best-in-class professionals to do all of the various elements and, um, and I can coordinate and I can quarterback that team. So what, what advice do you give someone that's just looking to get started in the business? Maybe they've had a few single family and they're like, or small multifamily and they know that they want to scale this business to where you have. Well, if you'd asked me that three months ago, I'd say, go big or go home. I think now I'd say, run, do something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it just depends on where we are in the cycle of the business. But I mean, it's a hard business. There's no question. I mean, if you're going to do it with integrity, um, I would say one of the biggest things is, you know, don't be too high in the sky. You've got to have optimism to do what we do. You've got to have a, a, a can-do attitude. 
Um, but be prepared and prepare your investors for realistic risks because eventually they happen and you want, and I, I thank God every day that I can get on the phone with our investors and I can say, Hey, you know, here's what we're dealing with. And what I get back is, okay, let's brainstorm how to solve that problem. And it's a team. Um, so take the time to make sure you've got uh, a good team uh, around you. And that's not just your operators. That's not just your contractors. That's also the other people that you work with um, and whose money you, you work with as well. What's been the hardest part of the syndication uh, business or process for you? Um, learning all of the very, very, very many and conflicting opinions and rules um, about, you know, how to structure, what, what to do, what you can't do. There's a, there's a lot of rules created um, that are applied to capital across the board. And... Um, we have to figure out how to apply them in a nuanced situation to our deals. And, and that, that's a learning curve for sure, or has been for me. So how, how did you go about, you know, early educating yourself and learning those things, uh, you know, so we can all kind of, uh, do the same thing? Um, you know, it's, some of it was trial and error. Um, some of it was speaking with, a lot of it was speaking with mentors and asking questions. Um, I would say when, kind of go back to your previous question about what I would tell someone who wants to get started. Um, you have no clue what you don't know. Um, one of the questions I've become very fond of asking when I have the opportunity to pick someone's brain is, and you, you kind of did it too. It's like, what should I be asking you that I didn't ask you? Um, because oftentimes it can, life isn't about, I don't know if you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right? At the end of this whole long story of trying to find the answer to the universe, uh, it turns out the answer was 42. And then they start the search for the question. Because you realize that if you don't know the right question to ask, the answers people are going to give you won't get you there. So um, when you're first starting, you don't even know what questions to ask. So, uh, so really just taking the time to even ask people, what do I need to know? What, what questions should I be asking? Nice. No, I like that. And I've, I've recently started some of that myself when, when I'm asking, I mean, even on the show at times, but you know, just in person to a mentor when... Like you said, I don't know what I don't know. So what else should I be asking you about this situation? So, you know, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I mean, you started at, at a very young age and you obviously were, were a go-getter, you know, at that time. And, you know, what's, what's contributed to your success, you know, from that time to now? The, the kindness of strangers and friends. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I've made more mistakes than anyone probably should. I constantly wonder how I got to be so um, lucky that people are willing to teach me and people are willing to trust me and we learn together. Um, but I think that um, just having, um, having really good quality people around me is it because, you know, you you go, you have great deals, you have bad deals, you have learning curves, you have whatever, but, but being discerning about who I have around me has been my greatest strength. And when I have failed to do that, my greatest weakness. So, you know, what's some way that you've recently improved your business that we could all apply to all of our businesses? Um, we regularly reduce the number of investors we work with. Um, you know, so it's easy to get on a kick of, you know, wanting to grow, wanting to do bigger deals, wanting to do more deals. Um, but I think one of the most important things we do is, is check back in with our investors and make sure there's an alignment of interest 
that we all have a shared investment value, investment philosophy. We are buy and hold, right? We are not, you know, get rich quick. We are not, you know, there's an easy way to make money. Mm -mm, I don't think so. If there is, I'd love to learn it. Um, you know, it's, it's about working hard and working smart and working for the long term. And so when we find investors who may not have that alignment, um, I'm more than happy to make a recommendation to someone else they may want to work with. I don't think I've ever, ever heard anyone say that on the show, <laughs> that they reduced <laughs> the number of investors, but that it makes sense. I mean, you, you want to make sure you still have alignment of interest. And so you're at a later point in your all's relationship, you're following back up just to make sure all that's still there, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I always tell my team, it's like, like this is a relationship and all relationships evolve over time, right? So you, you, you connect, things are exciting, they seem great. You want to check back in and make sure that everyone still feels that way and that there's an authentic alignment. Um, because, you know, I, I relate, I'm not married and I relate to my, I'm well, I, maybe I am. I'm married to like a hundred and some odd people, right? My investors are my, <laughs> my partners in life. And, and, and I, you know, I want to make work that I'm doing for them or that we're doing together continues to serve them. And that that's a, a relationship we're all, we're all choosing and we're happy to be in. Nice. So what else should I be asking you that I haven't asked you? <laughs> I write I see a theme developing. Um, I mean, gosh, I, honestly, I do a lot of these. I feel like you've asked really thoughtful questions. Um, thank you. Tell me about how to get my list. Uh, you know, the listeners that are just getting started. You know, I hear hear it all the time. You know, where do I where do I meet investors? You know, you're obviously very experienced at that. Where do I meet investors? How do I build my list? And you know, help us with that a little bit. We have almost always. I have almost always been old fashioned in the sense that, I mean. A handful of our investors I've met either sitting next to them on an airplane or on a bus, you know, or at the zoo, you know, and you connect over grandkids or whatever. Um, to me, every person I see is an investor in some stage of the investment cycle. Um, it's not hard to meet investors. What we want to do is figure out if that investor is in alignment with what I have to contribute to them. So every, I don't, nobody has to meet investors. I mean, you go to the supermarket, there's an investor sitting there. Um, what, what we have to do is get to know people in an authentic way and see if there's a way that we can contribute to one another. Um, and so things don't start off as, you know, a solicitation or a, would you be interested in investing? I, I actually am very, oftentimes people have to ask me a couple times if we're still taking new investors before we'll even go there because you really just want to get to know people. And the more you get out and get to know people, it will naturally show up if there's an alignment of service. I like that. I like that a lot. That it's not the first thing that comes out of your mouth. I've I've read numerous things about that and heard someone talking about it today. Actually, about when you're you're trying to sell that deal right away, it's kind of like you're talking about that deal sponsor when they're too, you know, they're what too anxious about this deal. We got to know tomorrow. Got to know. Got to know. And it just really is going to turn you off from their from their deal. That shows a lack of organization and many things. Yeah. Well, and I've had times where we've had a deal closing in two days and we have a small position left on it and I've got a brand new potential investor I'm talking to. And I still tell them, you know, I met you a week ago. <laughs> it's too soon. 
You know, like I know this position is going to fill with somebody who we've been working with for a while. It's I'm not worried about it. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you about this deal, but you got to understand it's, you're not, you, you can't do this one. We can use it as a learning tool. You can understand kind of how we think, how we underwrite, who we are, as I'm understanding who you are and what you think about and what you need. Um, and then by the time the next deal rolls around, we'll be ready to see if this might be something we want to do together. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, you've been an amazing guest. Tell the listener how they can learn more about you and your company. Um, yeah. So we, let's see here. I've got a Facebook page. I've got LinkedIn. So both of those are under my name. Um, our company name is direct source wealth. So you can go check out our website and, uh, I don't know. I think there's some other podcasts out there that you can listen to. And, and, and most importantly, you know, if you're really interested, like, let's talk, I'd love to, to meet people. I mean, I just, I'm always meeting people and, and seeing if there's a way we can serve each other. Nice. Nice. Thank you so much for the value you've provided to the listeners. And, and I appreciate the listeners being here today. I hope you all will uh, connect and I, I hope you will connect with me on life at lifebridgecapital.com and, and schedule a call. And I hope to help you any way I can and join the Facebook group so we can all, uh, all learn and grow our businesses together. And uh, uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.